Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. gentlemen and welcome to another episode of world hockey report that is right i am one of the new hosts on this show the insider to the insiders tyler kuehl glad to be aboard here on world hockey report hashtag whr every tuesdays because tuesdays guys as you know is tuesdays at two with tyler every single tuesday through these playoffs guys at 2 o'clock Mountain Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time for your lovely fans on the world or on the Eastern Seaboard that is excited to be aboard. I'll get to a little bit about myself here in just a moment so you guys don't think I'm an absolute loony. But of course, as always, we are live here in the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios. Be sure to follow us, guys. I got to let you know that right off the hop at World Hockey RPT. But of course, if you're watching that, you know that because you guys are smart. You guys are knowing... That World Hockey Report is where to go every single day for your latest hockey news and, of course, great hockey content. And, you know, just to kind of give you guys a good idea, if you're just joining us and you haven't been following us at World Hockey RPT, just letting you guys know, three times a week, every single time, here on 12 Ounce Sports and the Hockey Podcast Network Live, 2 o'clock on Tuesdays, Mountain Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, and then Cody Jansen and I will kind of split Thursdays It'll be around the noon o'clock hour, 2 o'clock Eastern time as well. And then, of course, Cody usually hold, holding the usual lunch hour as well on noon on Wednesday. So three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, extended playoff coverage because, as we'll talk about today, 
There's a lot going on right now, and we're not even at the playoffs yet. Let me tell you guys, this is going to be a fun little ride here. I'm glad you can join us here. As you probably can see, uh, if you're watching us, of course, on the Hockey Podcast Network or 12 Ounce Sports or Zingo TV, you notice that I'm wearing a, a We the North shirt. Yes, I am a Toronto Raptors fan. I know this is a hockey program, but repping the boys, a big win in Game 5 last night, Game 6 at Scotiabank Arena coming up on Thursday night. A little excited. I could have busted out my Jays shirt because that was a pretty good win as well for the Blue Jays. So a lot of great stuff going down in Toronto land, of course. I know some of you uh, in the Alberta area are not too caring about Toronto, but you know what? Hey, listen, I got to go to the parade for the Toronto Raptors in 2019. My wife and I got to do that, so... That was a blast indeed. So, like I said, we're going to get to have a lot of fun here. Uh, of course, some of you might remember me because I've been on World Hockey Report with Janner a few times. So, so I'm a little, I'm, I'd like to think I'm familiar with you guys, and hopefully some of you are familiar with moi. It'll be fun. We're going to have a great time when we get to all this as well. So, a lot to get to, though, today for this first show with me, Tuesdays with, at 2 o'clock with Tyler. That name has got to start pending because... Tuesdays at 2 with Tyler. I'm just going to tie up my tongue by saying that. But we have a couple of awesome guests coming up on this show, coming up here in about eh, a little less than 20 minutes time, about 15 minutes now that I'm rambling on here. We're going to have Bruce Levine, the radio host of the Dallas Stars, joining us on the program. He and I are going to talk about the Dallas Stars, of course. They have a big game coming up tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't think to pretty much say anything that this game is a do-or-die game for the Vegas Golden Knights. They lose in regulation. Dallas gets the spot in the playoffs. Vegas eliminated. And the series, or excuse me, the eight teams in the Western Conference will be set. So we'll get to that matchup, how important that is. Obviously, we'll talk about what's gone on with Vegas because, uh, yeah, that soap opera continues with the amount of amount of crazy news. And poor Rob, I mean, the, the story with Robin Leonard, obviously, we're going to get to that here in spades. But we also got coming up here at the top of hour two, we might go a full two hours today, I'm just saying. But at the top of the next hour, the three o'clock hour, we're going to have Isha Jerome coming on. That's right, the co-founder of the Hockey Podcast Network and the host of the Soda Pod with your boy State of Hoppy. We're going to talk about the Minnesota Wild, of course. They're getting ready for a playoff series and because, you know what, this might be the best Minnesota Wild team of all time. Also, we're going to be sure to chat with couple of good guys uh, as well. We're going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks because obviously Romy, he's from that neck of the woods. And we need to talk about how good that team was. And be sure to obviously get in the chat if you guys want. Uh, whether you're watching us on YouTube, on the Hockey Podcast Network, or 12 Ounce Sports, jump in the chat with us. Throw some questions our way, my way, Bruce's way, Isha's way, Romy's way, whatever. And get involved. Let's have some fun here on World Hockey Report. And we already got Jack Ike goal is Jacob's daddy. Jacob loves THPN. Well, thank you, Jacob. And Vegas still has a chance. Let's go. Never count us out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that story here in just a moment's time. But we have a lot of news that happened here today, guys. That's why I knew this was going to be a jam-packed show. Start to finish, front to back, side to side, cover to cover, whatever you want to call it. Coffee is kicking at the right time. But before I get too far into the news, I think from us here at World Hockey Report, didn't get a chance to address it. Uh, this past weekend, we lost probably one of the greatest players to play the game and one of the greatest Montreal Canadiens of all time, Guy Lafleur, passing away um, in a long battle with illness. And 
it's two weeks in a row that we've lost two great French Canadian hockey players. And maybe not just even just French Canadians. I'm talking great hockey players, two masterful scorers and, you know, Lafleur, you know, the blonde hair, the flying, he was a member of that great flying Frenchman team in the seventies, four straight Stanley cups. Yes. As you can probably figure out, I am not that of that age to, to really say how good he was live. I'm a little bit of a hockey historian though. Like this guy was magnificent. Like if you go look up the stats in his junior career in Quebec, like Mario Lemieux beat those records. Sure. In the eighties, but Guy Lafleur was crazy. Guy Lafleur was amazing. He was majestic. And here's the best part. He played pond hockey. Scotty Bowman used to talk about how he hated Guy Lafleur because he couldn't run a system. We have a power play guy. It's Guy Lafleur. No, can't do it. Like, that's that's the crazy part. And obviously, a lot of people remember the, the series, all the series against Boston. Guy Lafleur, of course, being the game winner in the 78 final in the Boston Garden for Montreal, part of those four straight cups. And why I always say I love talking about Guy Lafleur and not being able to run a power play, watch that goal that tied game seven of the 79 semis against the Bruins. Remember the infamous too many men on the ice call? Guy Lafleur gets the goal because why? He's just, I have the puck and I'm going to throw it on ahead. And and there's Jacques Lemaire. Yeah, Jacques Lemaire, the the defensive specialist, defensive coach and drops it back. And a one timer from 65 feet out, it felt like 55 feet out, whatever scores that goal, a power play goal, not a power play goal at all. Just a on the rush power play goal. So yeah, no, that's looking back on him. He was amazing. So obviously condolences with the Lafleur family. Great tribute in the first game back for Montreal on Sunday night, the ovation typical, what you would hear for Guy Lafleur whether he was in the building, but obviously some, you know, you know, in the, and with the good Lord above, I mean, I tell you, he was a fantastic hockey player. All you need to do is go watch the videos, look at the numbers and talk to people that got to watch him firsthand. He was something else. So now, first of all, Oh, the city life project. Welcome back, Ty. Well, thank you, Mr. City life project, Mr. Or Mrs. Uh, the city life project that per you. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see, uh, Cody Jansen in the year 2089 or there's winning the Stanley cup that, yeah, that a boy Janner. Yeah. 2089. Hey, we got, we got a, maybe a little tease for uh, next Tuesday show next Tuesday, Tyler at two o'clock. We might have someone that might know a thing or two about the Edmonton Oilers, uh, and or tab. What does Vegas do in the offseason if playoffs are not made? That's a great way to get into this discussion because obviously we've heard the news, Robin Leonard getting season ending shoulder surgery. Now, Emily Kaplan broke this a few days ago of ESPN. Yes, Emily Kaplan. I know a lot of you say, ESPN, what do they do with the NHL? Well, Emily Kaplan's there, and she's been doing a kick-ass job for years now, even when they didn't have the TV rights deal. But she reported that Robin Leonard had to, needed surgery before he went under the knife. Now, as a goaltender, I mean, Robin Leonard's had a tough year. I think we all can agree that the Vegas Golden Knights have had a tough year. But the problem is here is the fact that like he had he had to stay in the lineup. Logan Thompson starting the game the other night for the Vegas Golden Knights, and Leonard has to sit on the bench because of cap reasons. And I know it's annoying to some people talking about the salary cap. I get that. It's it's you know, we're nuances, it's a flat cap. I know I've said it a hundred thousand times, we've all said it, but here's the problem. Uh yes, Jack Eichel, Logan Thompson, Joel Goy left. I, I, I feel I do feel for 
for, for some of the players for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, the upper brass, that's a discussion we might have to get into here in a minute. Maybe later on we have Romy. Because uh, in just about 10 minutes' time, we're going to have Bruce Levine coming on here from the Dallas Stars. Talk about the Dallas Stars. So, And obviously, we can probably get into that discussion as well because that's who the Stars are playing tonight. Big game there. Dallas has a chance to eliminate Vegas and also clinch a playoff spot themselves. But that's just been the story with this year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, getting Jack Eichel did not put Vegas any further salary cap crunch. This team was in a salary cap crunch in August of 2021. They were in a salary cap crunch at the end of the playoffs last year. I mean, this is a, and that, there's a reason why Mark Stone had to sit out so long. I mean, yes, I know it was LTIR and he was still hurt. And he, I mean, listen, it, 18 mil over the cap, guys. I mean, you saw it last year with Tampa. Vegas kind of was trying to have that the case this year. So Leonard having to sit on the bench just because they needed to, you know, make sure they had, you know, they were cap compliant is kind of the pinnacle of this story of the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights can't find a way to, you know, kind of get out of their own way with money. I mean, they always want to get the new shiny thing, and that's why the Seattle Kraken this year has been a little bit of a bummer because I really enjoyed, you know, I, I love Everett Fitzhugh, first of all, the radio voice of the Kraken. I met him when he was working down in Cincinnati in the ECHL. But, you know, they, they did it the way everyone else did it in the expansion era. You know, you go in there, you get a bunch of players, what you can, you get a bunch of draft picks when you trade them, and you're going to stink. You know what? Vegas didn't do that. And unfortunately, Vegas is still trying in the win now mode. And guess what? It might bite them in the butt tonight. If they don't win this hockey game against Dallas, kaput, the rest of their games don't matter. And so having Robin Leonard here, and I don't know, I mean, Leonard has obviously been a very vocal person. I know he deleted his Twitter because obviously it was getting a little too hectic for him. And I obviously understand the guy has had bouts of mental illness before. And that's something we can never take too seriously here. So yeah, I would like to know what his off, what he's going to say this coming off season, because he's a very outspoken individual. And what's he going to say about the management and how this team has been ran by Kelly McCrimmon, obviously go all the way up to the top to ownership, Peter DeBoer, how this team has been ran as a coach. So they, <laughs> The Soda Pod jumping on in there. The Vegas Golden Knights making it, making everyone happy if they do not make the playoffs. Now, we did throw out a poll today on the old Twitter side here. And let me pull up the actual numbers. We, we asked how happy would people be if Vegas did not make the playoffs. Now, we don't try to pick on teams here on World Hockey Report. We just speak the truth. But let's get into, let's look at the polls that we have. Let me have to scroll down a little bit here. Here we go. Uh, right now with, I mean, it's only less than 100 votes, but you guys can check it out. Go to at World Hockey RPT and submit your vote. Would you be happy if the Vegas Golden Knights missed the playoffs? Right now, 71% say yes, 29% say no. Shout out to the 29% of the Vegas Golden Knights fans that chimed in. Obviously, your boy Jack Eichel stepping on in here as well to try to defend his team. So, this is obviously going to be a really big game tonight for, I mean, for Dallas and Vegas. Vegas with their season on the line. Uh, let's see, TPBN. Ah, yes, the basketball, or TPBN saying go THPN WHR. Thank you very much there. Beer, sports, whatever podcast. Hi, I sub. You should sub too. Oh, yes. Thank you very much, the Beer Sports Network. Everyone should sub. If you're watching us right now, whether you're watching us on 12 Ounce Sports at the po Hockey Podcast Network, hit the subscribe button. Go ahead. Why not? It's right right there, right? It's down over there, I think, if I remember YouTube correctly. And of course, follow us too. Make sure you give us a follow on our Instagram, 
on hey we're all we're all hockey reports on tiktok now yeah check us out there as well follow us everywhere on your favorite social media platforms making sure i'm not running out of time here even though i am because in about five minutes time we got bruce levine coming on here like i said there's a lot of news that happened today not just the vegas golden knights debacle i'm talking there's all this other stuff uh news from the the game on sunday the kerfuffle down in sunshine state the florida panthers and tampa bay lightning got into another fight and a hockey game broke out 8-4 8-4 win for Tampa. That stops the 13-game win streak for Florida. Ryan Lomberg, though, decided to attack Eric Sharanak for who knows what reason. He gets a one-game suspension for that. Andrew Burnett gets fined $10,000. The whole craziness with all of that. And it looks like right now, as it stands, they will not play each other in the first round. Because even if, since the Washington Capitals are so far back, they could not... The, whoever comes out of the Atlantic Division in a wildcard spot would end up going to the Metro, so they're going to flip-flop. So right now, as it stands, it's going to be Boston taking on the... I should have looked up the stats. Is it the Rangers right now? I, the Metro is actually competitive in terms of who can finish at the top. Obviously, not so much in the Atlantic, because it's going to be Florida leading... Florida about to clinch the President's Trophy. I mean, my goodness, this team has been excellent all season long. Right now, it's Carolina. So it'll be Carolina versus Boston in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we'll give you a rundown of the games tonight later on as well on the show. But mention a lot of the news that happened today with, and obviously, the big one for me, big women's hockey guy here. Hence, the last few times I was on, on World Hockey Report, we talked about the PHF, PWHPA, and whatnot. Well, the Premier Hockey Federation announcing two big moves today, announcing a new commissioner, obviously Tyler Tominia stepping down after the Isabel Cup playoffs this year. They bring in Reagan Carey as the new commissioner. Carey, who is the general manager of the 2018 United States women's team, the team that beat Canada in a shootout in a gold medal game. Shouldn't be the case. Thankfully, it's not anymore because of that game. But regardless, she knows how to create a team. And obviously, she has the vision that's supposed to help the Premier Hockey Federation go into a new era where they're starting to really become a professional women's hockey league. Now, yes, There was the news recently about the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association coming out with a potential league. Nothing official yet, but it's looking like the PWHPA might have a better setup than the PHF in terms of benefits and compensation, but the PHF is right behind them. So, well, then again, I should say PHF is behind them if the league comes out for the PWHPA, because right now the PHF is the only one that has it set in stone. The $25 $25 million being distributed into the league, $750,000 salary cap. Great stuff for the league. Carries a part of it now. And also the professional, 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 Premier Hockey Federation's Players Association, getting the two mixed up. Too many P's, too many letters for me, kids. The PHFPA has announced a new executive director, that being Nicole Carrillo. So lots of stuff going on in the PHF and the women's game right now. Of course, like we mentioned, we're all waiting on pins and needles for the announcement from the PWHPA. Uh, another international news, the IIHF announcing that they're taking away the 2023 world hockey championships from Russia, which was kind of the speculation that it might happen, but it was not, it wasn't for sure. wasn't set in stone until today. No replacement place has been added yet. Obviously Finland is taking over world championships this year there's talks that might be switzerland canada might be in the running we'll have to wait and see these are things we can obviously discuss a little bit later as well so we got i mean got a lot to talk about today because like i said we got to talk about a big playoff matchup tonight a quick rundown of the couple of games here that we got going on tonight rest in peace canadian women's hockey league soda pod 
listen, the C-dub, the C-dub is pretty much what the PWHPA is now. And by the way, another great podcast. I know I, I, I don't know if I should be going crazy on looking at other shows, but the, well, what was the Noxie and Cax show on another network, uh, it's association with the Professional Women's Players Hockey Association. They had like Marie Philippe Poulin, Jocelyn The Rock, so many great players on their show. Talks about what it's like being a women's hockey player. So yeah, just check it out so you kind of have an idea. We got a break though, because you want to know why, guys? Because on the other side, Bruce Levine, the host of the radio side of the Dallas Stars, will be talking about the Stars. We'll get his takes on Vegas and more here on World Hockey Report when we come back right after this. Hockey fans feel the action like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Take your game to the next level with Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Pro Rock is changing the way we buy top-of-the-line twigs. They're lightweight, balanced, and provide the perfect kick point. Whether you're a pro hockey player or a beer league legend, Pro Rock Hockey Sticks are made for you. They're at a price point you can't beat, so check them out today at ProRock.com. Play like a Pro Rock. Hockey fans feel the action like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure here on World Hockey Report. Patrick Kuehl here. Welcome 
the radio host of the Dallas Stars, the man to my right or your left if you're watching on the YouTube channels of the Hockey Podcast Network or 12 Ounce Sports, it is Bruce Levine. Bruce, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Tyler. How are you? I am. I'm good. I'm actually pretty good. Obviously, we've today's been a wild day in general for hockey because so much news has popped out and and we were talking about right before we went to break, we were discussing the double IHF really taking away next year's world championships from Russia. And it got me thinking, cause having you on here, you know, for, for those that don't know, it's been about a year, a year and maybe a couple of days since we actually met Bruce. Cause you and I got the chance last year to be down in Texas, obviously your neck of the woods and call some under 18 men's hockey action. And I tell you, that was, that was pretty fun. Of course, the under 18 is going on right now. And I, what were your favorite memories of that, Bruce? Was it working with one scruffy looking blondie kid or something like that? Was that was that the best part? I enjoyed working with you. You were prepared. You were excited to be there. You got a couple of rounds of golf in, which was important. Uh, apparently, but- yeah, we found we found out, folks, that three rounds of golf, even if you work the entire week, three rounds of golf when you travel is considered a vacation. So Bruce made sure we had we talked about that the last time. You got that in. That that was a good trip. But you know what? I I look at the players that we saw, and some of these guys are going to be big-time names in the NHL next year. I look at uh, Simon Edmondson from uh, Sweden, who didn't have a great tournament, but, boy, Detroit is just thrilled with what he's doing. And I look at uh, Mason McTavish, who's going to go to Anaheim, probably going to be there next year with that young core of of talent they have coming up. There's a lot of big names. There are a couple people in this year's draft. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. Yeah, we're going to be hearing a lot of them. And I really feel like we got to see some of the future NHL stars up close and personal. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun tournament. I'd love to do it again. Yeah, right now they are in Germany. Unfortunately, hockey TV is not taking care of it this year. As much as I would love to be there, I, I think it would probably cost a little bit, Bruce, for them to pay us to both fly out there and stuff like yeah. that. So. Yeah, it's out of, out of budget is what they call it. That, yeah, that's exactly what they call it. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was a fun tournament and you mentioned all the great players I mean, Connor Bedard, of course, going back there and Connor Bedard is already climbing up the ranks for all time under 18 scores. And he also could play next year if he really wanted to. That's how crazy that is. And of course we've got to see Matthew Mishkov and so many great other players at that tournament. We're actually going to be having Steven Ellis from the hockey news next week to talk about the under 18. So be sure to stay tuned for next Tuesday show here on world hockey report, currently joined by Bruce Levine of the Dallas stars and Bruce. When I reached out to you about coming on today's show, because obviously we knew Dallas was in the thick of this playoff race, you said, all right, perfect. Can we make it work? Because it's only going to be the biggest game of the season. Because one of the other things that happened last year when we were working together down at Plano was the fact that we saw, or at least we got to be in the same area when Nashville took on Dallas at Bridgestone Arena, and it was that one nothing overtime game that knocked the Stars out. Now we're here almost 365 days later, deja vu. But this time, Dallas is not the one chasing. How do you feel going into this matchup tonight with the Vegas Golden Knights? Well, first of all, on behalf of Dallas and their fans, I want to thank San Jose for what they pulled off Sunday night. Uh, That was a big gut punch for Vegas, simply because even if they were to win tonight, Dallas could win their last two games and still make the playoffs. So it's not do or die for the Stars. Although you're at home, you have a chance to clinch your ticket to the playoffs and knock out the other team. I would expect a much robust performance 
from the Dallas Stars tonight. You know, the biggest thing is Dallas, except for goaltending, is healthy this year. Uh, you know, last year, Rope Hintz played basically on one leg the last half of the season, had to take some days off. Uh, Radulov wasn't around. Uh, Sagan was still recovering. This team was beaten up badly, and they had to play four games and six nights for 11 straight weeks, which under normal circumstances is a Herculean task. Last year, they just couldn't get it done. This year, they're as healthy as they're, they can be at this time of the year. Uh, their players are ready to go. You, you look at that top line of, of going left to right. Uh, Robertson, Hintz, Pavelski, who's been the Stars' leading line all year, uh, they're ready to go tonight. So from the Dallas Stars' point of view, there are no excuses for not getting to the playoffs this week. Three home games. you got Vegas. You've got Arizona tomorrow night. You've got Anaheim on Friday. If Saturday rolls around and the Stars aren't in the playoffs, there is something very, very wrong with the Dallas Stars. Hey, listen, Carl Velmelka, man, he he sometimes does that thing where he just makes like seven big saves and whatnot. Uh, shout out to the Soda Pod jumping in the chat room there saying, go Dallas, which is weird, <laughs> uh, Bruce, because, well, I don't mean to be that guy, but the reason why you have a job is because a team left Minnesota to go play in Dallas. I'm sure it's weird. A guy from the land of the state of hockey is cheering for the stars. That's kind of weird, right? It's kind of weird until you remember who we're playing against tonight. I think Vegas has grown as the the Darth Vader of the NHL for their, shall we say, uh, creative use of long-term IR. And a lot of people- 18 million over the cap, Bruce. 18 million over the cap. Well, not technically, though. I mean, let's put it this way. If Vegas was a person, Saul Goodman would be their lawyer. That's what we're looking at here. Is, But it's also sort of come back to bite them a bit in the fact that Robin Leonard is hurt, can't play. Well, you can't bring Loren Brossois off the IR, even if he is healthy enough to play. You can't bring him in. And by the way, Brossois is 2-0 against the Stars this year. Can't bring him in. Uh, would Riley Smith help their case? They're going to play 11 forward, seven defensemen because you can't bring somebody else off because they're in salary cap jail. So they've sort of put themselves in a tough position, but a lot of people around the NHL and fans are like, you know, okay, the LTIR is there for a purpose. This is just abuse, and they want to see Vegas pay the price. So even though somebody from the, the, the Twin Cities might be a little bit mad for Dallas leaving back in the 90s, I think the anonymity – toward Vegas right now and their salary cap creativity is really striking the chord around the league. Yeah, we, we were mentioning the poll we ran today because that was the question of the day. How happy would people be if Vegas didn't make the playoffs? And over 70% right now, Bruce, are on the side of saying, yes, if Vegas missed the playoffs, I apologize. Because remember, Bruce, back I mean, back in our day, I mean, of course, you were there in the early 90s. You remember how it was for expansion teams. They were built to stink. And Seattle's right. kind of showing that this season. And and Vegas didn't do that, unfortunately. And by the way, uh, an Ortap getting on in there for the chat saying there is, there is still a scenario that where Nashville, Vegas, and Dallas all finish tied. Yes, regulation wins would determine the two wild card spots for that tiebreaker. But that's of course if Vegas wins tonight in regulation and Dallas somehow loses to Bruce's point somehow to Arizona and then Anaheim, who is without Ryan Getzlaff. We should make that very clear. He is done with his. Story career, congratulations to him, of course, on a great career with the Ducks. But there is a slight chance, but very unlikely. But let's get to the Stars team as itself. Because we talked about in spades, we, you and I talked, what was it, August or whatever, we were talking about how this Stars team, if they can stay healthy, they, everyone can stay healthy, will be perfect. 
And while it's been a little bit tough for Braden Holtby, I know coming in, but the goaltending has not been bad, Bruce. And it's been because of this surging goaltender, this young kid from Boston University, Jake Ottinger. I know he's been there for a couple of years, but he's really had a good coming out party this year in the Dallas net. He's had a good coming out party, but it's sort of been a forced coming out party. The, the plan was in training camp, you've got Holtby, you've got Anton Hudobin, who last year, people don't know, he really suffered. He had an, a horrible case of COVID between the bubble and the start of the season last year, and he never fully recovered. So you think you got Holtby, you've got Hudobin. Ben Bishop was at training camp, and people were saying, okay, you know, the, the hope was that, you know, give Bish three, four more months to get on the ice and recover. And then when February, after the All-Star break and March rolls around, they're going to work Ben Bishop back in, and you're going to have Ben Bishop ready for the stretch run in this time of the year. Well, Ben Bishop's career is over. Anton Hadobin had hip surgery. His career is in jeopardy. And Braden Holtby hasn't been on the ice with the team since February. So Jake Ottinger, who was supposed to play this year in the AHL, gets called up. And then after the All-Star break, it's Jake's team. Now, Jake has done admirably well. He has been pretty much the savior in net, and he's done great for a 23-year-old. But here's the thing, and you played net. When you go from playing a career high of 38 games, that's the most he's ever played in a career season before. This year, between the AHL and the NHL, tonight he'll be playing, I believe, game number 57. So you're going from the most ever being 38 to 57. And there'll probably be a 58 somewhere along the way. And you're doing it under the spotlight of playing every night, trying to carry your team into the playoffs. So how is he handling this mentally? How is he going through the grind physically? You look at his numbers from earlier this year, since March 1st, he's had a bit of a drop. He's, he's had some, you know, his numbers, his goals against aren't as good. His save percentage isn't as good. But at the end of the day, most nights, he gives his team a chance to win. Against Seattle the other night, starts all behind 2-0. There was a deflection and a rebound that wasn't his fault. And then the first six minutes of the second period, he made four saves that were grade A robbery in front of the net. And then the Stars scored three goals and win. So Ottinger at 23 is learning, and he's learning how to get there and learning how to play. You know, we talked to Rick Bonus this morning, and he said, you know what? We don't know how he's going to respond. He's never been here before, but there's only one way to find out. And don't forget one thing, Tyler, is – Jake Ottinger was groomed for this moment. I know it sounds strange, but at, as a high school freshman, he played in the Minnesota State Hockey Championship game. 20,000 people as a high school freshman. He's played in the World Championship. He's played in the World U18 Championship. He's played in the World Junior Championship. He's played in the NCAA Tournament. Every step along the way, Jake Ottinger has played on the highest level. This is as high as it gets. Let's see how he does tonight. Stars are really hoping that as the 23-year-old that he plays to his pedigree, and then your, your goaltending situation is set for the next 10 years. One more interesting fun fact, if you want to hear this. Yeah. The Dallas Stars in their entire history have traded up in the first round once. You're talking since the day they moved from Minnesota to 2021, which covers almost 30 years. They've only traded up in the first round once the year was 2017 the player they took was jake ottinger look at that it's almost like fate was meant for it and and i'll be honest with you i know he hasn't played nearly as much since he came over but former plymouth whaler scott wedgwood i think has been a very 
that right there, I remember, that first game against Carolina, Bruce, I said to myself, oh my gosh, this is the Wedgwood from 10 years ago. Like, I mean, I and I know obviously in a playoff race, you got to have your number one guy going, but, you know, certainly it's it's almost a good thing to have a guy like Wedgwood the way he's played since joining Dallas, knowing that if you, I mean, especially given the fact that, like you mentioned, you have two more games this before the regular season's over, and if you do win tonight, knock on wood, you may not. You may have to give Ottinger a couple nights off, but you know that Wedgwood could step in. Well, not only that, but if the Stars don't win tonight, Wedgwood's going to have to save the season probably tomorrow night against Arizona. Right. So right. you've got Wedgwood. Well, the funny thing is, Wedgwood has stood on his head several times this year. First of all, the first time I really noticed him was he was playing for Arizona and he beat the Stars in Glendale in front of close family and friends, but he still did it. And the Stars, when he got back on the Stars' radar. Uh, the game against Carolina was amazing. He shut out Tampa here. Yep. You know, Wedgwood has stolen some crucial points down the stretch. Only difference is Wedgwood's never been down the stretch before in a situation where it was make or break. So, you know, this is one of those things where if you had Bishop in the locker room or Holtby in the locker room, and this is no slam to, to Wedgwood, it's been great. You've got two goalies who are going through the pressure of the situation for the first time ever together. And they can't give anybody advice and they can't compare notes because they've never done this before. And that's what makes it so, so interesting for the Dallas stars is, you know, is pressure something they're going to thrive on or something that's going to throttle them. Are they going to know how to deal with it? Can they even take a pregame nap today because of what's, what's happening? These are all things they got to figure out. It's not easy to do. You know, John Cooper talks about, remember Andre Vasilevsky is a pretty good goalie. Yeah. I think we all agree on that. How did he do in 2018? When Tampa was the, was it 2018? Yeah. 2018, 17, 18? When Tampa was the President's Cup winner and the number one seed in the East, and they faced Columbus. Oh, uh, 19, 19, yeah. 19, okay, 2019, right. How'd that go? Uh, did, you know, four and out. <laughs> yeah, so these are things you've got to, there's only one way to learn it. And that's, you know, you can't read a manual, you can't watch a YouTube video, you've got to go out there and do it. And that's what the stars are about to find out. And, you know, Vasilevsky learned the hard way. You know, even Ben Bishop had to go through eight years of being in the minors and being in the pros before he became Ben Bishop. You know, Jonathan Quick, you know, all these guys who won cups had to learn how to win. And that's something you can't you can't find anywhere else but on the ice. I still remember Ben Bishop. This would be, holy cow, 14, 15 years ago, watching him in Peoria. When he was yeah. a Blues prospect, that like that's how long ago that was. And Peoria Riverman are in the SPHL now; they're not even American League team anymore. That's how long ago this was. Uh, and Ortap gets back into the chat. He says, "For the entertainment of hockey, a Vegas Colorado matchup musters more interest than competition between Dallas and Colorado." Now, hold on, Bruce. I, for first of all, yes, I think a Vegas Colorado series that would have been a great rivalry, given how last year's playoffs ended for the Avalanche. However, Bruce. You and I know a little bit about Dallas and Colorado, because as of right now, as it stands, it would be Colorado taking on the Stars in the first round if the playoffs started today. Obviously, a couple more days for that. Nashville right now is holding that first wildcard spot. If we go back to the late 90s, early 2000s, Bruce, the Stars and the Avalanche were underlying sneakishly one of the best playoff rivalries in the game at that time. I mean, you look at the... The two teams that go out, you had Eddie Belfour, Patrick Waugh going head-to-head, Joe Neuendijk, Mike Madano, uh, Darian Hatcher for the Stars, the Avalanche, of course, with Sackick and Forsberg and Ray Bork, obviously, in that 2000 series, which people forget about. Ray Bork lost that first year before winning the Cup in 01. 
The Stars and Avalanche used to be must-see TV back in the day. And there were a couple of epic Game 7s at the old Reunion Arena oh, where, it, where it wasn't the guys who you thought. It, it was guys like Mike Keene and Dave Reed who provided the, the wins for Dallas, the goals that, that mattered. But the last minute, I, I believe it was, was it Forsberg? Or I think it was Forsberg. Someone hit the post behind Eddie Belfour. Was One that the 99 years. or the 2000 yeah, series? I think it was 99. Was it 99? Someone hit the post behind Belfour with about a minute to go. I mean, but there were there were some great games. And you had the Reunion Arena crowd who was always chanting Eddie's better to uh, to Patrick Waugh. And you had Madonna and all. And you know what? Those teams were – they would never let on how beaten up they were at the end of those series and how much it took out of them to get to that next level. But when you're playing for a Stanley Cup, if you're not if you're not hurt, if you don't have ice bags and IVs, you're not playing for the Stanley Cup. You're probably golfing somewhere. And that's those were some fantastic series. And people also, quick reminder, uh, the bubble. Dallas beat Colorado in Game Seven that's in the right. bubble. Yoel Kiviranta, the game of his life, the hat trick, including the game winner in overtime to send Colorado home. And I don't think the Avalanche have really gotten over that because. You know, they were down. Their their top two goalies went down. Eric Johnson went down. I was ben say, yeah, Michael Hutchinson was their goaltender in game seven. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So and the, Ben Bishop got hurt. So Anton Hudobin was in net for the Stars. Uh, it was. And the only reason that Kivaranta was even in that game is because Andrew Cogliano got hurt and couldn't yep. play. And they needed to put somebody else in. So there is some history there. And there is the divisional matchup. Yeah. You know what? Yes. Vegas does make for better scripting. Because after April 29th, they're going to get like six people back on their roster if they make it. You know, Riley Smith, Brossois, uh, Nolan Patrick are all going to be magically healthy again. So it does make it for a better script of good versus evil. But from the Dallas Stars point of view, you know, this season, and we said this when we talked back in, in August, you know, this is pretty much the last, you know, John Klingberg's a, a UFA after this year. Alexander Radulov has not earned the right to come back, yeah. uh, at least under the contract he's under. You're looking at changes. This is the last dance for this core that has gotten Dallas through, you know, to the Stanley Cup final, gotten them the Winter Classic, beat Nashville in a playoff series in 2019. So there's a lot going for the veterans here who want to prove they want one more kick at a run at the cup. And, you know, maybe Dallas will play Calgary instead. And you can have a, you know, Calgary plays Nashville tonight. Who yep. knows where that winds up? It, there's still a lot of things, you're, a lot of things juggling in the air. But I understand why fans want to see the Colorado, LA, uh, Vegas situation. But from the stars' point of view, they just want to get in. This is it's it's going to be crazy because I mean, the, the that was the weird part because I think you and I talked about this a little bit last year. Like people thought after the two like the twenty twenty run, like Dallas maybe was kind of punching above their weight class, getting within two ends of the Stanley Cup, and they thought, and that's why you saw Jamie Ben after that game just so defeated because he knew that that might have been his best chance, but. You know, the playoffs are a grind. Weird stuff happens. Nashville can go in as a wild card team, the eighth team in the Western Conference, and then go within two games of beating the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 2017. The playoffs are dumb and the playoffs are weird. But speaking of dumb and weird, <laughs> Joe, nice Pavelski, Joe Pavelski, where is, we thought the fountain of youth was with Roberto Luongo down in Florida. That's where the legend has it, Pirates of the Caribbean, what have you. Where is it in Dallas for Joe Pavelski? What does he, like, what does he consume to be the leading scorer on this hockey club, showing that Captain America hasn't missed a beat? 
you know what they found? Not that Pavelski wouldn't be doing this anyway. I mean, it took him a little bit to really catch up. And, you know, his first half season, up up until the COVID break, Pavelski struggled to find his, his footing with the Dallas Stars. Uh, you want to talk about weird and wild for the playoffs, going back to the bubble. If Pavelski doesn't score with the goalie pulled in game four against Calgary in the first round, Dallas may go five and out and be done in the bubble. What's happening with Pavelski now is, first of all, his work ethic is amazing. Uh, on my Twitter feed, I posted about a month and a half ago, pregame skate, I'm there. By the way, it's pregame skate to me, not morning skate. It will always be pregame skate to me. because that's Well, you know, you, you, you can be wrong about things, some things, Bruce. It's okay. I won't yeah. hold it against you. <laughs> so pregame skate, he's out there before anyone else, and he's got Joel Hanley, who's one of our defensemen, firing 10 pucks from the left point, and Pavelski's in front of the net, tip. Tip, tip, deflection, redirect. 10 pucks from the middle. Pavelski, same drill. 10 pucks from the other point, same thing. Pavelski's work ethic is amazing. It, it's fantastic. He knows how to play the game. He's got a great hockey IQ. But they've also found him two line mates, Rope Hintz, who can stretch the defense and create gaps, and Jason Robertson, who can finish, but also knows how to set things up, hangs onto the puck, knows how to set things up. So Pavelski is the perfect, I would say, trifecta to that group because he's the guy that knows how to go to the nets knows how to get open knows how to where to be to score goals so he's found the fountain youth in his work ethic and how he handles himself but he's also found two youngsters that play and think the game as one with him so they've got this thing going and and the amazing thing is we call him the avengers line of course captain america right. being the, the lead there they've scored 102 goals combined this year the rest of the dallas stars forwards have scored 96. So if you were to remove those three guys, Dallas would be in so much – I mean, for injury or whatever, Dallas wouldn't need to be talking about a playoff spot. That one line with Pavelski being the, the spiritual leader has carried this team to where it is now. Just just walks into the locker room every single day, and he's like, Avengers! Assemble. Assemble! Like every game, yes. and it's worked. I mean, my goodness. And that's been the crazy thing. Like Jason Robertson, too. Like – I. I remember this kid, the first time I heard about him, he was tearing things up in Kingston in the Ontario League. Um, obviously, him and his brother Nick are fantastic hockey players. Nick, obviously, in the Toronto Maple Leaf system right now, even though there's a weird size difference between the two. It's kind of funny to me. But I remember Robertson, he was so good that the Niagara Ice Dogs traded two players and 11 draft picks to Kingston to get Jason Robertson. Now, I know that's not legal in the National Hockey League, but that's how good this kid was in junior hockey. And it, everything that we saw back then with the fronts and the ice dogs, it looks like it's really starting to pay off this year with the Dallas stars. Funny story about Jason Robertson. He fell to the second round because people felt he wasn't a good enough skater to play in the NHL. Right. Jason Robertson, the Dallas stars had him as a first rounder, but in 2017, they had already taken Miro Haskin and traded up to get, Jake Ottinger. So they figured, okay, we can't do a third to get this guy. They did not think he was going to fall to 38th in the draft. But the minute he fell, they pounced all over him and felt like they got three first rounders that year. What Jason Robertson has done is, yes, he's worked on his skating and he's improved it. So he can play at the NHL level as a skater. But what he's also been able to do is he now reads the game at the NHL level. He knows when to hold the puck. He knows when to shoot the puck. He knows when to try to make the passes, make the plays. And he's no longer a liability in his own zone. When he first came up, 
He couldn't read and react in the defensive zone. Now he's not a liability. He's pretty good in the defensive zone. So what Jason Robertson has been able to do this year is take the good parts of his game that you saw in the OHL, the scoring, the vision, the, the ability to create plays. He's taken that with him, but he's also taken his weaknesses and made them either adequate or good enough to where he's a top-notch player. And the, the skating comes to the top of the list. And, of course, being able to, to play that 200-foot game that Dallas really sort of depends on has also done that as well. He plays power play. And he was on the ice at the end of games. He, that 2000, if Dallas ever wins a cup, they're going to look back at that 2017 draft and go, this is where it began. And that's really all it is. I mean, that's why people always say, I mean, hence why Vegas is such a, like the, the heel, if you will, to go into a wrestling term here, is because of the fact that they're buying all these guys. They're, they are the NWO. They're bringing in all the, you know, the veteran players and they're paying big money. And then there's teams like Dallas that are working the hard way. You know, Radulov obviously was a pickup, and we, you know, we can all go into that, But and Wedgwood was a trade, but you mentioned Ottinger, you mentioned Robertson, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan obviously being brought in from the Bruins. Like, this is a team that's grown together over the years, and that's why maybe people like them a little bit more than Vegas right now. Uh, last thing, Bruce, before we let you go here. By the way, Bruce Levine, I forgot to, I had this in my notes, I forgot to mention it. Former broadcaster for the Louisiana Ice Gators. I had I totally <laughs> forgot about that one. Uh, a little flashback there. Uh, was that this? Was that the SPHL or was that the, no, the CHL? That was, that was the ECHL back in the. They uh, were in the ECHL back in, in the day. That's right. Back in the midnight, that, and that's when I spent uh, several weeks in Peoria. Back Peoria was in the ECHL back then, and oh, we, that's because they, yeah, they bounced because they went from the IHL down to the ECHL before going back to the American League. Peoria did. That's right. Right. So I, I've spent several weeks in Peoria. Oh man, it's. Interesting town. I've been there myself too. Uh, played some. Uh, There's some. Col- There's a college team there. Bradley played my club college days. A couple games against them. But the last thing here, and you know, like we said, Dallas still has to clinch a spot, as does Nashville as well. Big game though tonight, like we mentioned, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Logan Thompson, of course, starting for the Vegas Golden Knights because no Robin Leonard. But doing a quick little, not a super far look ahead. But we mentioned the matchup possibly with Colorado. Or if Dallas can move into that that top wildcard spot, they would end up getting Calgary. Calgary, like we mentioned, was another part of that 2020 run of the cup final. That very weird game six, the clinching game, when Matthew Kachuk was out and Dallas went down, but then they came roaring back. That probably one of the strangest games I've seen in some time. And of course, that was a very strange time we were living in, Bruce, as you remember, hence why the bubble. Who would you rather see the Stars play right now, Calgary or Colorado? Okay, this is not a Calgary or Colorado, in my opinion. It's a Central Division versus Pacific Division. Mm. You'd rather play in the Pacific Division simply because if you look at the records of Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, if whoever gets through the first round, whoever gets to the first round, the next matchup, is going to be even harder. I know that's the way it's supposed to be, but it's going to be significantly harder. If you look at St. Louis and Minnesota and the numbers they've put up this year and the records they've put up, this is why so many people, Tyler, want to see the league go back to a one through eight. Yes. Because if you're Colorado and you win, let's just say that uh, Minnesota, I think Minnesota's third in the conference right now, I believe in the Western Conference. Let me, I had it up here a second ago. Where is it right now? Minnesota's second, or no, it's uh, Minnesota and St. Louis are tied at 109 points right now. Right. Calgary's got what? Yeah. Or Calgary's Calgary's got 108. No, I don't, or no. Yeah. Calgary's got 108. Yeah. To your point. Exactly. So you you look at this, you go, you're the number one seed. 
and you win your 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 playoff, your first playoff series, your reward is you get to play the number three seed. That seems a bit harsh. Yeah. So if you're look if you're looking at it, you know Edmonton's had their ups and downs. L.A. is still beaten up. Calgary is a good team, but the path through the Pacific, just if you look at the body of work done for the entire season, is an easier path. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's easier comparatively to going through the Central Division because that is going to be an absolute meat grind. St. Louis, uh, Minnesota is going to be a meat grinder of a series. Oh yeah. And then your your reward for that is you get to play Calgary, Colorado. That's why so many people want to see the league go to a, okay, your two division leaders are one, two, then let's rank them by points so that you don't have this situation where, and this happened to the Dallas stars in 2016, they were the number one team in the conference. And then in the second round, they played St. Louis and lost to Ken Hitchcock's team in seven. And I think St. Louis was the second best team in the conference of the regular season or the third best somewhere around there. Yeah. So that's uh, what was it. Brian Elliott and Yaroslav Halak that year, right? Yes, exactly. So that's why people want to see the league go from the divisional to, okay, we know that the teams can play. Let's do the conference one through eight. So at least there is a tangible reward for being the third best team in a conference, not having to play the fourth best team in a conference in the first round. So from, I think from the stars or even Nashville's point of view, you want to go to the Pacific and avoid that absolute terror. That's going to be the first two rounds in the central. Yeah. That, and you know, we're, I mean, there's going to probably be Edmonton LA right now. There's a lot of playoff scenarios that could be determined tonight uh, across the league. Big Tuesday night, of course, in the national hockey league, including this game between Vegas and Dallas. Bruce is going to be the one on the radio, of course, side of things, teeing that one up later on, on the Dallas stars hockey. Is it Dallas stars radio network or uh, what is the title? It's the hockey network. We do simulcasting. So we jump in with our really important opinions. And I say that very loosely, uh, (laughs) Pre-game, post-game, and intermission. Uh, it's on the ticket, 1310 in Dallas. We listen to iHeartRadio. Not iHeartRadio. Ooh, that's going to get me in trouble. Uh, oh, boy. The, the ticket, yeah, let's can we erase that? Uh, it, it'll be on the Sports Day app. Ooh, that's going to get me in so there much trouble. Or, or if you're like me, you go on your phone, you have the NHL app. They have all yeah. the radio feeds on there. That's how I listen and, to you guys all the time. Bruce. And there we are. Well, feel free to call in tonight at the Stars Clinch. Oh boy, that'll yeah. My wife like Tyler, don't you have to work? Because I got the morning shift this week in my radio station, so I got to be up at two o'clock. So I hey, if the game goes to a twenty round shootout, I'll be the first. You'll be my first phone call in the morning. What what possibly is going on in the world that needs to study for at two a.m.? Exactly. I don't know. I I got to cut it. It's it's a it, news anchoring. It's a fun gig. You have to tell people the news that early in the morning. We've been chatting up here with Bruce Levine, guys. Be sure to follow him at Bruce Levine Puck on Twitter. He'll be giving updates throughout the entire game tonight. And, of course, knock on wood throughout the season and postseason for the Dallas Stars playoff run. Whoever they play, we'll have to wait and see. Bruce, thanks again for taking the time today. And always good catching up with you. We'll have to chat down the line again. Tyler, it's always a pleasure anytime. All right. That was Bruce Levine from the Dallas Stars Radio Network. Always a fun guy to chat with. I one of my favorites, and like I said, having met him last year, that was an absolute joy. Uh, we're going to get to a break here in just a little bit. Sorry we couldn't get to your question there in Ortap. Um, can the consist- inconsistency that Dallas has had all year long, just saw the question, be directly attributed to Sagan and Ben's play during the year? You got to remember, though, that Tyler Sagan was kind of banged up a little bit dating back to last season. He's really just kind of starting to get his stride. And Jamie Ben, you know, his style of play, it's starting to wear on him a little bit, so... You know, obviously, when like when Bruce said, you have top end scoring, it does help when you have one line that's really clicking like that, having a top line. But yeah, the depth's going to be tough. And that's why Bruce said, 
you'd rather go to the Pacific Division and play Calgary and then maybe Edmonton or L.A. than have to go to the Central, then play Colorado and then possibly St. Louis and or Minnesota. But guys, do you need a new hockey stick? All the big brands keep raising their prices, making the game more unaffordable than ever. But, you know, you don't have to fall for that, though. Check out Pro Rock Hockey Sticks, a true Canadian company with real morals, offering players of all levels a top-of-the-line stick at a fraction of the cost. It's lighter, more balanced, and has more customizable options than anything off the rack. Check out the family-run business today at ProRock.com. Of course, we are here in the Pro Rock studios here on World Hockey Report. Thank you all for joining us today. The first Tuesdays with Tyler at 2. Somehow those three those three T's were going to get jumbled together. We're not going to go with any campaign for sure. Um, and by the way, yes, NRTAP, uh, a 1 to 8 ranking does not really produce, he says, that many differences in terms of matchups. 1 through 16 would be better suited, but I understand the cost element. And I love what you say that there, because I'm an old, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a hockey historian, NRTAP. That's how it used to be till I think 1983 or 84. Because that's when the league went to, because when the WHA came in, they brought in, you know, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Hartford, Quebec. When those teams came in the league, they had, I think that made it 21 teams because they saw the Rockies. That's right before they moved to New Jersey. And they did a one to 16 format for, I think, five or six seasons before they went to the, you know, the four teams from the Norris, four from the Smythe, four from the Patrick and four from the Adams. They had one to 16. So yes, the best team in the league would play the in theory with 21 teams the what the fifth worst team in the league like that's how crazy it was and you know back in the day I remember I you, you ever want to go at Toronto Maple Leafs fans back in the 80s how'd this team make the playoffs well you could go 35 and 45 uh, they play 82 games back then I forgot how many they played but you could win 35 games or 30 games and maybe 25 games in some divisions and make the playoffs that's how weird the league was, especially when you had the Colorado Rockies and the early days of the New Jersey Devils back then. It was pretty easy to make the playoffs. So that's why nowadays there's the talk of the play-in round because the NBA does it and what have you. But all sorts of interesting stuff here. Uh, a couple more of the matchups tonight while we have a minute before we join by Isha Jerome on the other side of the break. Uh, some other games tonight. Toronto taking on... Oh, Romy's trying to get in here. All right. Well, in that case, folks, we're going to take a quick break because Romy wants to come in. We'll get the games and more... Coming up here on World Hockey Report. What's up, man? Hockey fans feel the action like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, nope. you can deposit and withdraw your cash mm-hmm. whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
take your game to the next level with Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Pro Rock is changing the way we buy top of the line twigs. They're lightweight, balanced, and provide the perfect kick point. Whether you're a pro hockey player or a beer league legend, Pro Rock Hockey Sticks are made for you. They're at a price point you can't beat. So check them out today at ProRock.com. Play like a pro rock. Hockey fans feel the action like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's try this again. <laughs> Welcome back to World Hockey Report. I am joined now by the co-founder of the Hockey Podcast Network, also the host of one of the of the BC Hockey Podcast as well. One of the jump, one of the great guys out there from the Hawaii of Canada, as his Twitter <laughs> says. It's Romy. Romy, how you doing, man? Good, man. Good. Now, I just want to say, I know it was you, Cody. He's trying to sabotage my podcast hit with you, Tyler, because he's jealous. He's jealous that I didn't answer the bell last time with him and that I said I'd give you more than 20 minutes here today. So just so everybody knows, you can blame uh, Janner over there for that whole audio issue. See, you got to remember, though, Janner does a lot more than I do. So I have a lot more free time on my hands. Janner (laughs) is one of the busiest guys I've ever met. And so, yeah, he probably, you know, I, I... I'm thankfully enough, you know, able to chat with you here. And, and Janner and I, the times I've jumped on as a guest on World Hockey Report, like we have to try to actively make sure we stick it to 20 minutes sometimes because there's other <laughs> guests and whatnot because Cody does a great job, of course, hosting the Wednesday at noon edition of World Hockey Report and Thursdays at noon as well. Coming up here for the extended playoff coverage here on hashtag WHR. Be sure to, of course, follow us guys at World Hockey RPT and follow this guy, Romy, at VI Sports Talk. Romy, first of all, I, I gotta, I, I'm, I'm glad to be part of your World Hockey Report. Obviously, on 12 Ounce Sports as well, but the Hockey Podcast Network because the last time we talked on my old show that I used to run, I gave you a little bit of props because I tell you the the networks, you guys, because it's not just hockey. You got the Hoops Network, you got the Pigskin Podcast Network. I mean, you guys are you guys are doing some great stuff over there. No, oh, thanks, man. It's it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a small staff, a little a little team. Uh, Dylan, myself, and. Uh, former TSM producer, Brandon Berwicki. I mean, we, we keep the ships afloat and it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. This is the funnest part though, being able to do things like this and connecting with everybody. I just got back from an extended Minnesota trip and met pretty much did a tour there for the soda pod met. If 
almost every single like brewery that we brought on the podcast, as well as all of Minnesota wired wild Twitter. It felt like, so uh, that that's just the best part of doing this. All I mean, the work is good. It was great that we were able to create jobs for ourselves in a pandemic and, you know, bring these networks to life and giving a bunch of independent content creators, you know, the outlet to do so grow each other's show, make a little cash on the side, you know? And uh, yeah, it's just been, it's been a fun ride. Oh, it's always a fun ride. And of course, you guys got to remind you, though, obviously, we're not just on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're on 12 Ounce Sports. And if you're always looking to add to that closet this summer, go check out 12OunceSportsRadio.com slash store for all of your World Hockey Report merch. Because, Romy, we got some cool stuff here at World Hockey Report. Dude, those white hoodies. hoodies and everything in those between. Those white hoodies. OnceSportsRadio.com slash store has you covered with your hashtag WHR swag. Had to get that in there because giving you guys love, got to give 12 Ounce some love, too. They're helping us out as well. But I talk about Dude, that my first show. That my first show was on like 12 ounce sports at VI sports talk because like it looked like it was a lot of fun. Now, I myself, I live literally within walking distance of a brewery over here. So that's always fun for me because I get to go get some good craft brews and whatnot. Not a total beer snob. I just like the taste of good beer. What, what kind of trip was that like for you? Dude, it was awesome. Like I said, meeting all the people was the highlight of it. I mean, everybody who works at a brewery or who owns a brewery like it's a passion project because you're not making any money out of the gate and especially during a pandemic like we met some brewery owners who had to fire their entire staff and their goal became you know let's not start making money again Let, let's hire back all of our staff before we get back to normal and that that's what's really cool um the beer itself you know i'm not a beer snob by any means either i'll, I'll drink pretty much anything but it was cool to learn a little bit more and i thought British Columbia and Alberta were pretty like, you know, we're pretty far ahead as far as the craft beer game in Canada. Dude, we were like 10 years behind Minnesota from like barrel aged sours to barrel aged uh, beers and just, just the whole science of it all. I, I literally walked through like science labs and breweries there where here it's a, it's a lot more hippie. It's a lot, it's a lot more grassroots. It's, it's, it's just a little bit behind. So that was really cool. And then, like you said, icing on the cake was, uh, was, meeting all the other creators um, around Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Sports uh, Twitter and all the people who do the podcast and, and content out there. Didn't get to see everyone due to a bunch of scheduling stuff as like the Timberwolves are playing their playing games. So some friends of ours like K-Fan and Score North and whatnot, I mean, they were busy covering the game, but uh, got to hit up the XL Energy Center for one game uh, that actually... Uh, which was the 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 game where, where Ryan Hartman flipped Evander Kane the bird and the the Minnesota Wild defeated the Edmonton Oilers five one, and I was able to connect with some uh, some fans of the Soda Pod and fellow content creators out there. Shout out Jesse Pierce of uh, Bar Down Beauties. I know she's appeared on World Hockey Report a few times as well. Oh yeah, I know. And that's and that's what like the best part. Like I I keep telling my my wife if we're gonna move somewhere, like not for career purposes or anything like that. If we're gonna move somewhere just for the fun of it, like we're gonna go to Minnesota. And she's oh, going to tough out being in the snow because that's how pretty much the weather is, you know, 10 months. Out. It's yeah. in Canada is what I like to call it. That's pretty much what it is compared Dude. to some parts. But it's it's certainly a, a fun trip. But let, let's talk about the wild here, right? I mean, like you said, you and Hoppy do an amazing job on the soda pod, not just talking about amazing beer, but a dare we say, no, folks, this is not 2003. And someone from 2015 is hopping in their time machine and saying, what do you mean, Tyler? An amazing hockey team here for the Minnesota wild. Like, this is crazy. I, I, I looked at this team coming in the year. I'm like, okay, you know, this is, this is the year they're going to be in cap. You know what? Starting next season because of the buyouts with Parise and Suter. So they have to go for it this year. They bring in Kaprizov. They get him back. They were able to sign him for a good deal. 
and you know a couple you know a couple additions here and there and this team is one of the best teams in the national hockey league dude it's it's awesome and a lot of people called that they would be a good team this year i think a lot of people were more confident in the wild and they even were the blues and that's taking nothing away from the blues who are like the silent killer in the west right now they're they're one of the they're one of the best versions of the blues ever i'd say even close to on par you know to their stanley cup team but that's that's another story the wild right now are breaking their own franchise records left right and center kirill kaprizov reaching 100 points well above Gabrick's, what was it, 82, 83, which was, his, uh, which, which was the franchise leader in single-season points. Uh, Kaprizov shatters his goal record as well, 45 goals, 58 assists, and 103 points in 78 games. There's still games left this season for Kirill Kaprizov. You know, this, not only superstar in the Wild franchise, but a superstar NHL-wide that... It's not really being marketed the same way as, I don't know, uh, an Ovechkin who entered the league at that time. But again, I digress. Kevin Fiala, people are saying, oh, this is his coming out party. No, Kevin Fiala has been this dynamic, this good at scoring goals almost his entire career. He's just had nobody to play with. And that, I think, is a huge factor of why he's been, quote unquote, inconsistent. I mean, 84 points. 33 goals in 79 games. And how about the, I don't even want to say it's a resurgence. I just want to say the chemistry of Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov. 79 points for Zuccarello. I don't know if he's going to come back at the during the rest of the, the final games this season as he has a lower body injury. It's nothing serious, but Dean Evison uh, slash Creed Bratton, coach of the Minnesota Wild, said that they're going to keep him out because, quote-unquote, it's that time of the year. Uh, Yoel Eriksson Eck, bang for your buck. Frederick Goudreau, he's doing well. How about Matt Boldy, too, with the, the chemistry with Kevin Fiala? This guy, I mean, getting robbed of no even Calder nomination here with 38 points in 44 games. There's a lot to talk about on this team. I'm leaving a ton of names off, you know, that whole tangent right there. But it just goes to show that this team is doing all of that all that, and they don't have a top center. Hell, they don't even have a second-line center. Sure, Eck is their second-line center, but Eck is the type of center that you want as firmly your third-line center on a Stanley Cup team. And and this team has two second lines and two third-line, respectively. Cool build. It's crazy what they're doing this year. Somewhere Colton Sissons from the National Predators is like, I remember 2017, I had to go up <laughs> against Crosby every single game. It was horrible. <clears throat> And by the way, you're, to your point, yeah, Matt Boldy's been great. And it's, it is a shame he's not getting any call to consideration. But I don't know if anyone's heard about this, but this Lucas Raymond and this Mo Sider in Detroit are pretty good hockey players. So I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it was a tough year for him to have his first year in the league. That's for sure. Half year, too, right? Because he started in Iowa. They, they called him up because he was point per game there and he was crushing it, right? They're, they're hopeful top center, knock on every wood piece possible in this office, that uh, that Marco Rossi pans out and next year can jump into a top six role, maybe the year after, really get those tougher matchups. But you don't want to rush your top center and you don't want to rush someone who could be cheap against the cap, as you alluded to in the, in the opening segment here. Yeah, that, that's going to be... That's going to be interesting because, you know, they're going to Billy Garen's going to have to, you know, try to smooth someone over from Tampa to try to figure out in like how in the world that they're going to figure out a way to work the cap next year. Uh, Dylan Kaiser uh, saying, who is this guy? And this is Isha Jerome jumping on here with us here for World Hockey Report. Or wait, is he talking about me? My name's Tyler, by the way. I'm one of the hosts of World Hockey Report Tuesdays with Tyler at two here every single week for the playoffs. That's who I am, Dylan. Nice to meet you. 
Um, but uh, getting back to Minnesota here, this team has four guys with 50 or more points, Romy. And this is that's one of the things that I kind of caught my eye because don't forget, it was a year ago that Eric Stahl was one of the top guys on this hockey club. Or two years ago, pardon me. Eric Stahl was one of the top guys on this hockey club. And, you know, that was kind of a sign that, like, man, this team's okay, but that's a problem that they needed to address. And sure, I mean, obviously, Kirill Kaprizov has been a big help there. But the last time this happened, that you had more than two guys with 50-plus points, you have to go back to the, what was it, the 17-18 season, the year they did not have a fun time with the Winnipeg Jets in the first round of the playoffs, <laughs> to find a team that's had more than two 50-point guys on their roster for the Minnesota Wild. To the question I have once again here, Romy, is is this the best Minnesota Wild team ever? Oh, hands down. Hands down. Like, dude, the, the amount of, like, they, they've got, they've had 50 wins this season, the first time in franchise history. Like I said, they had two players who amassed more points than their franchise leader. One, you know, I'm not saying he's taking a lap of it, but over 20 more. And they were able, again, without top centers, which is crazy to get the most out of an aging Matt Zuccarello who I never really gave up on. I think he's going to play fine. He's only 34 years old, but Ryan Hartman who's yes, was drafted in the first round who had that talent when he was, uh, when he was a younger guy to be drafted that high, but no one thought he was going to put up 62 points, 33 goals, you know, being the physical guy and just kind of rat that he's been for the wild this year. Same goes with Frederick Goudreau, a very respectable 42 points as well. I mean, Marcus Foligno, 22 points. I mean, there's just so much depth to this team is where I've said, even though their defense is not the same in years past, guys, like people have to start talking about Jonas Brodeen. Like no one can shut down McDavid like this guy that when I went to go watch the game, Minnesota wild against the, the Edmonton Oilers, I was hoping, you know, part of the reason why I was excited for that game was, Oh, I get to see McDavid live for the first time and, and, and skate. You know, I want to see everyone, Everyone keeps, you know, talking about his speed in real time. I want to see it. I didn't notice McDavid at all. And that's a credit to Jonas Brodin, who played 28 minutes and one second, one second more than Connor McDavid did that night. So their defense, yeah, a shadow of what it was as far as having like pretty much top four guys, you know, throughout all six of their defensive spots, but they're still really, really, really good in Spurgeon and Brodin leading the charge. Dumba, he's injured right now, anyways, and I doubt he's going to come back next season. They're they're gonna they're not going to re-sign him if they're going to keep Kevin Fiala, which seems like a necessity now moving forward. Yeah, it's one of those questions. Of course, Dumba's been on the the proverbial trade block for his entire his entire career. I've, yeah. The Obama administration. I mean, that's probably <laughs> how long it's been since he's how long he's been on the, that guy. I mean, you go back to the to before the Garen the Garen era here with the Minnesota Wild, by the way. Uh, hello, Ray Neal Soto, uh, Vegas Golden Knights fan by his uh, his avatar there. Probably does not want to listen to the first half of the show. We talked about the Vegas Golden Knights possibly being eliminated from playoff contention. Before we move on with the Wild, do you have a thought on that, Romy? Dallas wins tonight. They clinch a spot. Vegas done. I mean, what is your take on, on the saga, the soap opera that is the Vegas Golden Knights this season? Dude, Vegas can F right off and same with their fans. This is like I am grinning ear to ear. Jacob loves THPN. I know you're in the chat. How do you like that, boy? How do you like that? That's what uh, I have to say. D- Dylan's get, said, Dylan going all caps. Romy, he's got you. He's <laughs> By the way, Dylan's the, the Cody Jansen but... blues and four. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, Janner. Nice for you to jump back in there. 
Of course, then of again, course, he, he probably course. ran off when uh, when we had our mics on during the commercial break. He probably <laughs> ran into ran and hit under a rock when uh, when that happened. But you know, it, let's look at. Do I have? Do we quick have the uh, the total? As, last time I checked, our question of the day, Romy, was you know how many how many people would be happy to see Vegas get knocked out? Uh, right now, still sitting a little over seventy percent. So the I, it's more or less just. Do you think it's because? Like this was not supposed to happen to an expansion team. Cause I think the first year I'll admit I was happy to see Ovechkin win, but Vegas getting into the finals that first year was pretty cool. But it seems like almost after that, after the weird game against San Jose in 2019 in the first round, when, you know, Pavelski went down and San Jose had that crazy comeback on the, let's be honest, a botched call after that, it just seems like nobody wanted Vegas to win anymore. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I'm a Capitals fan. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an Ovechkin fan. I'll say that. So I was like, I was rooting for them, you know, a hundred percent. It was, and I think that the reason why everyone kind of they, they were the lovable team because they were truly a ragtag team at that point. They're a shadow of what they are or what they've been the last few years, last two years, we'll say, which is an elite team in the National Hockey League. They weren't supposed to get there, and that was the beauty about it. And now that they were supposed to get there, now that despite the injuries that they faced, because yes, that that's a huge factor, but with their roster right now, it's just it's just amazing. Like it's like in the NBA when the super teams don't even make the playoffs, and you're just laughing. It's amazing. They 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 the fans need some pain. Okay, they they need some they need some Minnesota sports fan pain. That that would be yeah, listen. That'd be nice. I've always loved. Uh, the Minnesota fan base, because no matter what sport it is, you can see with the Timberwolves right now, like there's, oh my God, they cheer for everything. Minnesota, that's, I mean, I'm a footy fan myself, soccer for you, American listeners and watchers out there. <laughs> I love Minnesota United because I'm a Toronto FC guy. Sorry. I know that's going to probably, well, I'm wearing a Toronto Raptors shirt right now, so that could probably <laughs> give that away. But I love the Minnesota United fans, the supporters there. They are awesome people. They're willing to go out and watch Team USA when it's 25 degrees in, in <laughs> CONCACAF uh, qualifying action. So, that that is crazy, Cody Jansen. Feel bad for Vegas fans. So many years of disappointment. That a boy, Jan. <laughs> uh, okay. Dylan says, Isha, I've never referred to you as Romeo before. I may have to change that now. Well, no, apparently, no. I, I called. I listen. I gave him his full name, and Romeo's like, "Why are you calling me Isha for?" I'm like, "Cause that's your name." It'd be people are just calling me cooler the rest of my life, which I guess <laughs> I was called that, but you know. <laughs> um, but you know, we're talking about how Vegas kind of turned heel. I keep using that term for wrestling fans out there. I'm sorry. Turn to be the bad guys, the Darth Vader's, if you will, the evil empire. People are waiting for Emperor Palpatine, Kelly or uh, uh, Kelly McCrimmon to go down the chute and somehow come back four movies later. Anyways, Star Wars stuff. Uh, one of the big things, obviously, with Vegas, kind of people turning a sour note on them was how they treated Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, here we are in, you know, it's April 26, 2022, how many of us would have thought five years ago that Marc-Andre Fleury would have been part of a good goaltending tandem with the Minnesota Wild? Romy, how is that the case? No idea. I, I was one of those who was pretty gutted that they moved on from Kakinen. I thought there was a lot of potential still there. He proved it in the past. He Talbot got most of the starts. Like I'd say, and this is probably almost on the dot, like 80 to 85% of the starts this season. So... I don't know why Flurry was Billy Guerin's guy. Maybe they they obviously had a relationship. They played on the same team before. Billy Guerin's time in Pittsburgh and management. That there, there's obviously a connection there. So maybe they've been talking. Um, so 
anyways, regardless of that, I, I wasn't upset, but I wasn't on the flurry train at all, nor am I really on it right now. So I'm still in disbelief. Um, I think Cam Talbot has earned the starting spot. Look, a goalie, it doesn't play perfect all season, unless you're Thatcher Demko, of course. Right. Um, Who we'll get to in or, a minute. We'll get to him. In yeah, a yeah, yeah. Or, or Markstrom, which just pains my heart but anyways um you know talbot has had his ups in the beginning of the season had his downs halfway through and he's back now with i guess some healthy competition behind him but i felt like it always should have been there because kakinen was kind of quote unquote the future you know the the point of bringing in talbot for three years on that contract was to kind of give kakinen time behind him to to develop and kakinen hasn't been doing too well in san jose which i mean i don't blame him for that it's an absolute tire fire over there but uh long the short of it i'm i'm still baffled I, I really am, and and I hope, I hope he rises to the occasion because though Mark Andre Fleury's had some excellent playoff performances, he's also had some ones that still cause Penguins fans nightmares to this day. Oh gosh, the I know they beat Columbus in what was it 2015, but that that goal against uh, Nick Foligno at Nationwide there, I, it's it's a great moment for Columbus Blue Jackets fans. The cannon goes off, the place goes crazy, an overtime winner. But that it was a weak. Yeah, it was. Go back bad. and look it up. It might have been. Was it 15 years? I, it was one of the series between Columbus and Pittsburgh that started having fans hate each other, all that good stuff. So <laughs> it was, it, gosh, almighty. I was back in college when that series happened, I think. But, you know, I would you, I mean, who would you rather have, though? I mean, that's why they brought in Flurries because you know what? This is the year. We're going for it. We might stink next year. We might, not, we might not stink, but we may not be as good next year with the cap crunch that we're going to be in. Flurries on an expiring contract. We're going for it. How tight of a leash does Dean Evison have on whoever gets to start game one? Because like you said, you want Talbot to be in there and you know, all depends on how the next couple games go. But I mean, who would, how, like, is it going to be one thing where if Talbot loses game one and game two, it's like, all right, we got to put flurry in or does he ride the guy that's been there for the last couple of years? That's a good question. Look, I don't know. The wild haven't, haven't been able, they haven't had two goalies deep in the playoffs for a while where that they, they, where that has really even been an option. It's been like when they had Dubnik, he was the guy. When they were, when they had Darcy Kemper when he was younger, he was the guy, you know. Um, I, I could go through the names. The, Josh Harding. You know, back, uh, Nicholas well, Josh Backstrom, Harding, yeah. Nixon Backstrom, right. Like they were just kind of, there wasn't a 1B. There was just, you're the starter, the other guy's the backup sort of thing. So I, I really don't know. What I will say is right now, Dean Evison, he's stubborn. He's stubborn with his lineups, which is, it's worked, but sometimes, you know, like their power play, for God's sakes, is horrible. It's trash. Will not change a thing. Will, like, it, not even a question. And whatever. <laughs> to each their own. Um, so, I, and one thing to note right now, as at the time of this recording anyways, Flurry's going to start his third game in a row, if I'm not mistaken. So what does that tell us with only two games left for the season for the for the wild? I don't know. After I, I don't want to put my tin hat on here, Romy, but I'm going to anyways, because people that are going to realize when we get to the playoffs and if we have anything that has to do with NHL player safety, my tin hat will be at an absolute peak. But do you think Billy Guerin has anything to do with Flurry starting three in a row or am I, am I reaching too far here? I think, I mean, Billy Guerin, yes, I think he's part of the equation. What I will say is, if management wants to keep Flurry for another year, or even two, because he's he said he's willing to sign a, a cheap but two-year deal. Uh, his family's, I guess, settled in Chicago. There, his kids are in school. It, it's it's it'll be an easier transition if they do want to move to Minnesota, or he can. I honestly think Billy Garen just gave him his jet as part of the deal, and was like, "You can fly to Chicago whenever well, you want." We learned from other stories from Alan Walsh. That's what Mario Lemieux tried to do, and that didn't work. Obviously, I mean, yeah, but anyways. 
Um, so I think that if Flurry's starting, he's the guy for that series. I, I I really do. And if Talbot's starting, I think the same thing. And I think that's that's an all around thing. I don't think Evison and Billy Garen cross lanes at all. I think they each are respectful and know that like this is my lane, this is your lane. And for the most part, they're not butting heads. It's like we're 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 going into battle together, right? Like so it'll be a conversation. It'll be management and Evison being like, this is the guy we're going with in this series. Down the stretch, it might be a little different. But for game one, for game two, game three in the first series, I think it's it's gonna we're gonna see one guy. Yeah. I mean and it's gonna it's St. Louis as well. Like I think oh, we all, God, I mean, yeah. this is going to be what a battle. Holy cow. Like th- that team has to go and they're going to have to play. I mean, no disrespect to possibly Dallas or Nashville. Like they, something could happen. We've seen crazy stuff happen in these playoffs, but then you have to play Colorado. Like I know they yeah. had their playoff troubles, but like there's your reward of beating up St. Louis or vice versa. One of those teams has to go play Colorado in the second round. Well, well, dude, I'm honestly, I'm less worried about Colorado. I think the Wild and or the Blues are a way better, like Colorado's a better matchup for them than the Wild or Blues against each other because those teams are just going to neutralize each other. They're both deep. They both have great goaltending. They, they're they tough. Like, is a savage, man. The Wild picked him up uh, the deadline. That guy is an absolute fan-favorite savage. Anytime he even just, like, nudges someone, the XL Energy Center just blows up it's it's unbelievable you know middleton too has been playing unreal so uh, it, i think the teams match up against each other obviously the blues have a little bit more scoring depth hell they have three top centers and the wild have zero but no one has kirill kaprizov and he could be a game changer he really could and if one of the goalies get hot you know you got the veteran goalies on the wild side you got the young guns um on the blue side who've been there before respectively so i think whoever comes out of that series realistically could beat Colorado because Colorado's not going to have it easy. They're going to win probably like they're going to win. We'll just say it right now, but it's not going to be easy. Codre is going to be suspended and I'm not even tongue in cheek. It's going to happen. You heard it here. You heard it everywhere. The red, and yeah, the red mist, man. It's a thing. I would put either, either of the, uh, of the four goaltenders in the wild and blue series up against Colorado's any day, honestly, especially in the playoffs. So, I think the real the real boogeyman here is whoever gets out of that is facing Calgary and Calgary's going to win the Stanley Cup this year. They're going to stomp everybody. Jeez, like it's it's you never know. It's, this this could be Colorado's here. I, I don't see any nah. changes from last year, but it, you never you Calgary never will beat them. Calgary like, will beat they, them. They are what Tampa was three years ago. No, like, not even close. No, no, not Andre Vasilevsky goaltending, but that's a discussion for a different time. But, you know, big games coming up here for Minnesota. Obviously, the playoffs coming up against St. Louis. Minnesota is tonight. They're taking on the Arizona Coyotes. I know that's a big-time matchup, taking on a college. I mean, an NHL team that's going to be playing in a college bar next year. Almost got that flip-flop there, Rome. Almost got in trouble. <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about here. Let's, let's move on over to your neck of the woods where you actually are there. The Vancouver Canucks. Now, there is a microscopic chance that they could make the playoffs. All sorts of crazy stuff has to happen. Vegas has to win in regulation tonight and then lose their next two. Dallas and Nashville have to lose all their games as well. Like there's this whole crazy scenario that have it happen, but it's most likely not going to happen that Vancouver makes it here. But I tell you where it's almost the question is I've been hearing all week in the last couple weeks is why didn't they fire Travis green sooner? And why wasn't Boudreaux in on the bench sooner? Cause it might be a different story we're talking about right now. Well, because uh, Jim Benning was still around. 
Bim Jenning. That you're right. Exactly. That that's probably what Jimbo. happened. Yeah. Yeah. No. What a what a disappointment. A disappointing decade for the Vancouver Canucks. Coming off of that unbelievable phase of of that team's you know history with with the Sedins and Kessler and Burroughs and I mean. Hamus as well, part of that core. It, it was unbelievable. It was, it was that was probably the best Canucks team, you know, in that four to six year stretch that that they've ever iced. And to see Boston turn it around and be able to continue to be competitive makes me absolutely sick. Given that Jim Benning and that management group, though they were shackled by no move clauses and things like that, they could have made it work because we've seen other teams in that decade, in the last 10 years, be in a similar situation, and they've made it work. So that was really disappointing. I understood the plan. The thing is, the plan never changed. It was like, get get uh, you know trade draft pick, like second round picks to, to bring in guys of kind of like Sven Berchi, who are 24, 25, who didn't quite, you know, play up to their high draft potential, but maybe could be reclamation projects. And let's be honest, none of them worked. Yeah. And they never deviated from that plan. And then they started trading first. And then they started signing terrible contracts. And it was just like one step forward, two step back. And as soon as like he signed Tanner Pearson, whatever little hope I had for that management group was gone. And I was just on a tirade ever since. I, I think it was it's, it was an absolute disgrace what Jim Benning and and, and what Francesco Aquilini allowed to happen to this team throughout this 10 years. And you said it right there. Once Travis Green was out, once the new, like the management group was out, the culture shifted. And that's at the end of the day, what the biggest problem was, I think, because this is a ragtag group of guys. Yeah, there's, there is a core, but they're at a crossroads right now. They have to decide, do we go forward with JT Miller or Borho or Bohorvat? One of them has to go. Do we go forward with the defense group do we have? Or do we have to maybe give up something to get a contract off the books and go younger? Or are we going to you know, get as many pieces as we can for a JT Miller and, again, continue to be young? Like There's so many paths that this team can go, they have to stick to one. Unlike Jim Benning, which was just stuck in a cul-de-sac going round and round and round, you know, thinking that the same thing, you know, the, the same plan would foster any different changes. So it's going to be a crazy offseason for the Canucks. Or, correction, it better be a crazy offseason because if they go back and ice the same group, it's over. My hope for this team is over. Really? Their next season is over. And, well, it's the thing is, like, JT Miller's a $5.5 million contract. You have to decide right now if you're going to extend him and then shape the rest of the team or move on now when he's pretty much a 100-point player. Like they And their defense is trash. They have to figure out how to move money off the books there and actually ice, even if the players are just decent, not bad players, right? And no disrespect to Tyler Myers, it's way too much money. I actually defend the guy more so than, than anyone. But like Tucker Pullman at his term, you know, get the hell out of here. It, I, I love Brad Hunt too. You ain't winning a Stanley Cup with, with dirty Brad Hunt. And you got to give some of these young players a chance to to develop with guys who can play around them. I'm sorry, Vasily Podkolzin had 26 points this year because he had no one to play with. Yeah, you know, and Zuccarello on the Minnesota Wild—that's a a pretty high example, given that like he played with, you know, Kirill Kaprizov or whatever. But someone even who's just at like a second line level who could help him out a bit. We we didn't see him with Horvat pretty much at all this season, and it's just one of those things. Like, there's a lot of talent on this team, and there's a lot of value. Now we need a competent general manager who can come in and shape this team. At least go for something that's realistic, not whatever the hell Jim Benning was doing for the last 10 years. 
Yeah, and that's it's it's never easy. We know. I mean, Brock Besser really, I think, is the, maybe the most high profile signing you have to worry about. Who does have arbitration rights as a restricted free agent? That's a big one. But I, I, the reason why I ask why is because, like, you see how, like, if this team makes the playoffs, are, are they having this kind of conversation? Because Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser, I think, two of the guys that have really paid off with the Bruce Boudreaux hiring. And their numbers show. Their play shows. They look a lot better. They look like they're, as you know, I keep hearing everyone say with 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 Bruce Boudreaux, everyone, when when he's in there, everyone just has more fun. Even in the dog days of the season, they're just having yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what really paid off here. Does Bruce Boudreaux come back as the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks? Oh, he has to. A, he wasn't given a whole season to see what he could do with a group that like, okay, this is the group we're going forward with the season. Cause he came in, he doesn't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline either. Right. And based on the, what it was it 11 and one that was the run he went on or 11 and two with the Canucks yeah, when he, the, when he took over to there it is start. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like, you know, they were going for it. So he just kind of came in and was playing with house money. He's like, I'm, I'm the, the I'm coming in in relief, right? Like <laughs> I, I'm playing with house money. I can, I can put my stamp on this team. Yeah. And help switch the culture and, and see what happens. The, he became a fan favorite, which he does everywhere. Minnesota, they loved him too, right? His time with the Washington Capitals, loved him there. His time in, he's with Anaheim, yeah. But his time with Anaheim, they loved him there too. Like, the the fans love him, so that's great. That's putting butts in seats just to be able to chant Bruce, there it is, which, oh, yeah. again, the 360 picture, you need that. And B, he made, like you said, he made players who were in the freaking doghouse in Besser and, and Pedersen come out and play better. Um, even some of like the, the depth players who maybe didn't light up the lamp, they they played for something. They played for Boudreaux. I feel like he's, yeah, he's a three to four year coach, but sure, maybe he can be that transition coach. And then when the team is, you know, has a core, let's knock on wood again to like that, 2011 level or even close to it then someone in like a Vigneault at that time or or even even on the management level or they groom someone like a, like a Gillis can come and just put that stamp you know the final pieces on and take them you know to the Stanley Cup I hope that's kind of what it is here regardless he needs to come back next year I know the Vancouver media and, and Vancouver Canucks Twitter which is just crazy likes to stir stuff up and yeah sure maybe we've been hearing that Bruce Boudreaux is not going to come back because oh this this regime didn't hire him. I'm sorry. You look at the stats and you look at how much the players love him and you look how much the, the fans love him. You owe it to the market and to your team on the ice to bring this guy back for like, sign him to a two-year deal. Like what's or, so or bad anything, about Just sign him to a year. Like whatever. I, I, I yeah. The fact that everyone feels like they have to sign a coach for two years. And I know some coaches want that. They want stability, but Bruce has traveled before. This is nothing new to him. I, Listen to the story of when he got hired with the Washington. Oh, yeah. He's in Hershey. He gets a phone call at seven o'clock in the morning. He drives down to D.C. from central Pennsylvania, which having done that myself, not necessarily the most fun trip because you kind of have to go through the mountains and whatever. Like he's used to traveling. He geez, he played in well, he, he played an actor in the Federal Hockey League, but he played <laughs> that route. He played the WHA. He yeah. played the minor league route like this guy knows how to travel. Give him if he wants to and now. Like I said, if you can get him for a year, try a year. You know what? See if it works. Dude, it's not about the money for Bruce Boudreau. He's he owns a freaking like uh I think it's like yeah, a minor that, league. The, team he owns too. the USPHL's Hershey Cubs. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, there you Arena. go. Shout out the shout out the Cubs. Actually, we work with someone at Amaze Media Labs who um Oh, yeah. Their part, their partner works with the Hershey Bears as well. So like that, that's just a cool connection. And now Bruce Boudreau, he's an absolute gem. Like I'm a fan of him too. Like as a Canucks fan, 
and as a, as a as a fan of the NHL, I want Bruce Boudreaux's last big hoorah to be with the Vancouver Canucks, a Canadian team. And I think he doesn't care what he's getting paid. He's made his money. He has his businesses. He he owns a hockey team. He just wants to win, you know, in Canada. Let's give him that opportunity. And you said, sure, don't sign him for two years. But let's be honest, a two-year coaching contract is basically a one-year coaching contract right, in the yeah, National yeah, Hockey League. To your point, yeah. Aquilini, he's got money to spend. He doesn't care. But to your point as well, Bruce Boudreau flew in day of Aquilini calling him. Like He was like, do you want the job? Oh, yeah, sure. He was. He actually, Aquilini called him when he was at like a dinner party. I think this was around Christmas time or New Year's anyways, with his yeah. wife. He he told this story on um on Michael Russo's podcast as they're just still super tight. Michael Russo, one of the best hockey writers oh, ever yeah, who covers the, the Minnesota absolutely. Wild for The Athletic, yeah. And, and he was saying that, like, yeah, I, you know, I, I got a phone call. I, I called back. He offered me the job. I said, I'd think about it. I told my wife. She's like, when, when does he want you there? He's like, you know, tomorrow. Calls him tomorrow. I have a jet for you. Go to the airport. Hopped on a jet. Met the Canucks coaching the next day. <laughs> And, that, and that's crazy. and that's just show. And I remember uh, hockey who was guy I talking to. I heard a story when he, when he got hired by the Capitals. Like, you know, they were jumping up and down excited. Like, oh, I have to go tomorrow to practice for the Capitals. He's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, his wife is like, and she's part of that the the Cubs uh, yep. ownership staff as well. Obviously, it's a joint thing they're doing over there, and like super supportive, obviously. Because I don't oh. know, how many people are just be like, oh yeah, hon, I need to go from Pennsylvania <laughs> to uh, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, can I? She's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Do what you gotta do. I mean, well, it, it sounds it sounds like they're just such they're such a partnership to the core, and they're such a team. Like the way I mean, Bruce adores his wife. The way he talks about her in his interviews, and the way that he just like he praises their their relationship and partnership. You know, it's it's something anyone should long for. You know, in in having a you know. A, a significant other and it's really cool that like they support each other it's not just she sacrifices a lot for him he he sacrifices a lot for her as well and he gets into in some of his interviews he's again fan favorite and in the locker room it's working because yeah you don't hire a coach just because he's a fan favorite but i think in this case when that's the icing on the cake you absolutely do oh 100 by the way shout out to soul and great jumping in the chat yo to you as well welcome of course if you're just joining us to tuesdays with tyler at starting at two o'clock Mountain Time every Tuesday here for the playoffs and more possibly here on World Hockey Report being joined here by Romy. Isha Jerome, the co-founder of the Hockey Podcast Network. But of course, if you're watching on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel, you probably know that. You're like, who's the guy with Romy? That's me, Tyler Kuehl, <laughs> the insider of the insiders. Um, but I will say this with Bruce Boudreaux. The the crazy part is, and I, you've probably seen this too, like the slowly infiltrating into the lower bowl the the footy fans like the 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 cheering section the supporters section coming into yep. to, to Rogers Arena there I don't know if the Vancouver Whitecaps fans just got bored on some nights or whatnot but if that keeps up like that's gonna be fun you know having like a supporter section because you know geez there's a reason why there's a Twitter account called the Platinum Seat Ghost because the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> are synonymous with having people in the lower bowl that are not necessarily fans I know a lot of people. I know a lot of Leafs hey. Nation is probably going to come screaming at me. Madison okay, Square yeah. Garden, okay, same folks, thing. I'm on your side here. But here's the thing, okay? Like, there is a different type of fan base between the Canucks and the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs, Scotiabank Arena, let's be honest, very corporate. No one can deny that. Unless you're sitting up in the 300 level in the obstructed view seats, probably someone got you tickets because they know someone that works for your business that one of the tall towers there in downtown Toronto. Vancouver's fan base, Romy, just as passionate, Leafs Nation's very passionate, but 
it seems like they're willing to show that more at Rogers Arena because when the Canucks are bad, there'll be some games that's pretty empty there at the arena. When they're good, they'll show up in droves, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because Canucks can be really corporate as well. Like that whole Sadine era with, with Kessler and Burroughs, like, you know, that was, it was kind of the same vibe. But what's different is that was 10 years ago. We were all like the the fan base right now that's going to the games. We were all in, we were all in high, like graduating high school. We were too young. We weren't making any money to be able to go to these games. Now we're the ones who are very passionate. We're the ones who've gone through the pain. Unlike those who were just maybe hopped on the train in that era. And we're like, wow, this team's just ripping it up every year and then gets booted from the Blackhawks. Minnesota wild fans are used to that as well, actually. But anyways, no, you said it there. Very passionate right now. Um, uh, you know, unlike Madison square garden and wherever the Leafs play now, um, the Canucks definitely are, are, I think love the team a little bit more, a little bit more than just support the team. And and I think that it really, it really shows. It really shows on all avenues of social media, the nasty side, the good side as well. And no, it's, it's a really good atmosphere now that even though they're not making the playoffs, that there's a bond between some of these younger players and some of the core pieces. And yeah, some are going to have to move. Things are going to have to shift around. That's professional sports. But I admittedly haven't gone to a game this year, but I know uh, Dylan Casey, who's actually, he's the co-founder of the Hockey Podcast Network, oh, yeah. Tyler. He, he's gone to a few this year, and he said it's been electric. It's been electric with a team that's had drama all year and a team that, let's be honest, has not been that great in a relatively easier Pacific division. So that's really cool to see. Um, I usually try to hit up a game every Halloween time because that's like, for some reason, that's when the schedule makers put Washington uh, in Vancouver and, you know, any excuse to go see OV score a few, um, even on the Canucks. So I'll, I'll definitely be back next year. And I'm again, I'm just really curious to see what the team does this offseason. It, it better be a good offseason. Yeah, let's let's hope so indeed. Uh, shout out to Mondo Geeko. No, that's Gecko. That's Gecko. I can't read. Mondo Gecko jumping in. Let's go Dallas Stars. Big game for them tonight. Like we mentioned, taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Canucks superhero intro, the best in the biz. Let's go, baby. That boy from Dylan Kaiser. I concur 100% on that one, Romy. Uh, you, you mentioned how Vancouver can be a little bit of a, uh, or Vancouver social media and the fans on Twitter and, and Facebook and whatnot can be a little bit uh, a little bit rough, a little bit tough at times. And it took me back to a conversation I had. So, oh gosh, how long ago was it? Was it? It was in the, I think, the second wave of the pandemic on an old show I did. I had James Sabolsky on, formerly of uh, Sportsnet 650 there in Vancouver. And, of course, the voice of the EA Sports NHL Hockey Series. And I remember I was talking to him after we did the interview, because obviously we're talking about the Canucks and how how this was early on in the season. We thought we had high hopes for them, hopefully. But I I was talking to him, like, what do you think is the, because he's been in Toronto, he's been in Ottawa, and he's been in Vancouver. Like, what is the worst in terms of fan base, in terms of hostility sometimes, because Leafs Nation can be a little ruthless as well. Edmonton has, has that, Montreal as well. Every every team in Canada seems like it has a certain bit of fan base. Love Ottawa, love the guys up there sometimes. they got a lot of good supporters up there. Not quite as bad, obviously. Uh, oh, but no, he's Ottawa's like, I asked him, like, which one's worse, Toronto or Vancouver? And he's like, uh, Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's crazy. And that, But that, then again, that just shows the passion of the fans, like you said, Romy. Yeah, I mean, and I want to make this very clear to you, and, and Dylan does a good job of reminding me of this and just, like, reminding me to catch myself when I say this. So I want to be clear. The fan base, those on the ground, your neighbors who you, you know, ha- have a beer with and watch the game together, those who you, you know, you, you interact uh, via text or your, your group chat or whatever, 
those are like the real good passionate fans canucks social media is the worst bar down and i I, and i don't know why people almost like have to distort their personalities on canucks social media or like ramp it up to let's be honest a very political level i'd say that's what separates it canucks twitter for some reason is a political sports fan and it's very much divided canucks twitter is divided and it's divided down the middle whether you're left-leaning or right-leaning politically And, and a sports team a sports fan base shouldn't be that way sports should be fans you know hanging all that crap off uh up at the door before you enter the bar pub couch and just love your team that's why i love olympics and that's why i feel like especially in canada today this will this will be like my last thing i talk about you know with wrapping in politics i feel like one of the reasons why canada was so divided on the political front this year more so than ever was because we the olympics weren't what they were supposed to be and the world juniors was canceled if we were all coming together rooting for our nation i feel like even for a week regardless if you were supporting the truckers or not getting vaxxed or not or whatever we would all we could we could join in arms for a sec you know what i mean so i feel like that i feel like sports especially in canada especially in hockey plays such a a big factor in bringing our nation together so long or the short of it canucks fans online will never will never be that because it's political but you go to a game and it's it's night and day and that's where even those who maybe you've battled with on twitter you'll probably like shake their hand, give a high five in the arena because it just gives off a different vibe. But uh, no, I I will say that the social media for the Canucks is the worst. The fans are like any Canadian hockey fans. We come for the beer, the blood, and uh, and the goals, baby. The beer? Haven't you paid for a beer at an NHL game in the last five years there, Romy? My gosh, it's $17 for a small... Dude, I had to pay USD at the XL Energy Center, so don't even get me started. Oh 17 gosh. USD. Yeah. <laughs> about to say, hey, about to say, we go now, yes, from us from the States, we go up to Canada, we're like, perfect, 12 bucks for a beer, this is easy, and then you, because the dollar's a little bit better. Uh, Wafatio just jumped in here, I mean, we only got about 10 or so minutes here on the Tuesday edition of World Hockey Report, Tuesdays with Tyler, starting at 2 o'clock Mountain Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, or if you're Romy's case, one o'clock Eastern time, one o'clock Pacific time, excuse me, every single Tuesday for the playoffs. Wafatio asks, why does the league hate the Colorado Avalanche? Huh. This is probably a good way to maybe turn things here, maybe wrap things up here on this one, Romy, because I, I don't think anyone hates the Avalanche. I, you know, I mean, I, I no. guess every single team has their, you know, thoughts that the league has it out for them. I, I know when the Detroit Red Wings in the early 2000s, people, after the Hall of Fame 2002 team, uh, people thought because they were playing Crosby and the Penguins in the finals two years in a row that the ref, uh, the officiating was a little one-sided. So pe- the Red Wings faithful, I know, from talking to a lot of them, felt like that they were slighted, that the league had it out for them because they wanted Crosby to win. Uh, the Leafs nation always thinks it as well sometimes, just the way games are called. I don't think it's... <laughs> Then again, I mean, I think the league realizes that when the Leafs are good, the league is good and all that stuff. So I, sometimes I don't quite understand that one. But Colorado, I maybe I'm maybe I'm turning a blind eye here for Wafatio, but I don't really think the league has it out for for the no. Avalanche, do they? I mean, they're all no, they of don't the better teams in the league. <laughs> they don't. They're just going off with the officiating. And I want to tell everybody right here. And again, I haven't watched every single team play this year, but uh, but our boy Neil has on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel, if you're tuning into that right now. He's done a watch along, and he's done, and he's watched a hockey game from every team this year. And I've talked to him. I've talked to 
a lot of people covering you know teams in, in various markets. I cover the Wild and Canucks. I've watched a lot of Avalanche games. The officiating has been bad league-wide because Wild fans will say the same thing, and there have been some bad games that the, oh, offic- yeah. that the officials have, have called in Minnesota. There have been some horrid ones in, in Colorado as well. They'll say every single one, whatever. I think that every fan base will say that. And, and that's... If a fan base is saying that, again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. That means they're passionate. And I'm fine if you want to, you know, bitch and complain about that. But I'm sorry. The league does not hate Colorado. The league probably wants Colorado to do well because, like, hey, just even on the bet sports betting side right now, like people are pumping so much money into Colorado to to go far in the playoffs right now that the NHL, there's no way that they, you know, want to hamper that by any means. Yeah. And and I, and I, and I get to the point. Like, I mean, I remember Clayton Keller literally hog tying Austin Matthews in overtime and up scoring the game winner and that didn't get called. I mean, like it's, it is across the board. And for anyone who's watched the first few weeks of the major league baseball season, uh, there's more than one angel Hernandez. Apparently my goodness, the young <laughs> horrible. Like I, 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 I it, it's, it's in every pretty. sport. Yeah, it's every, every sport. sport. I mean, there's people, I mean, I watch premier league on Saturday and Sunday mornings and there are some missed calls. At least there they have live VAR for, for footy stalkers dude football, whatever you want to call it the sport well, where I, they play on a very big field they have a bigger world cup than the sport of hockey let's be honest there. <laughs> even that sport has some issues with officiating it's everywhere dude i'm i'm i'd say like hockey and lacrosse are my number one sports but like mixed martial arts is my second and I, it's not even pigeonholed in the ufc oh, like right. I'll, i totally forgot i was gonna do a bruce buffer intro for you ah, ah, next time next time um but like even even in that sport even in on one card because they rotate referees like they'll they'll call it differently. Like for a quick example, before we wrap things up, like last I think it was last event or two weeks ago, two illegal hits ended a fight. Two refs, um, you know, didn't it called the fight and went with whoever was leading in points won the fight at that moment. Where the other one just DQ'd the guy who did the illegal hit and gave it to the guy who took the illegal hit. Within the same card, the fights were called like they were called differently. The same type of of ending. So it's in every single sport, folks. Man, that's crazy. Uh, Wafateo says, I want Wes McCauley to be a ref for a game. Yeah, I hope he's okay. I haven't seen him a whole lot yeah. this year, man. It, I mean, not just the fact that the guy's entertaining, but like, I, well, I remember, was it, uh, wasn't last year's play, was it last year's playoffs that he tore his hamstring in the playoffs or something? Yeah, like yeah. So he couldn't do the finals. I mean, he is one of the better refs, even though it's, I've seen him before. Wes has made mistakes, but. But anyways, yeah, that's you know that's pretty much it here for this one here. Romy, we're going to let you go here because, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on. And according to a hot mic that accidentally was on during commercial break, you had a couple big meetings today, so you probably want to recover a little <laughs> bit here. Um, but appreciate you having on, man. We're definitely going to have to talk again because, let's be honest, this Minnesota Wild team, I don't – they have a real tough test coming up in round one. But you know what? Knock on wood, this team could be playing a little bit longer into May possibly. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Everyone support World Hockey Report, 12 Ounce Sports and the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. We have two live watch alongs coming out today. Uh, the Vegas and Dallas Stars game. And then right after Vancouver uh, Canucks playing the Seattle Kraken. It's a big one, folks. Almost as exciting as Chicago and uh, Philly yesterday. So oh, that, what a <laughs> barber like matchup that was. 2010 yeah. call. They want their playoff game back. Let's be honest. <laughs> Be sure to follow him, guys, at VI Sports Talk on Twitter, Romy, and of course, HockeyPodNet, and all of the hockey, the hockey podcast, the hockey, the, the, the hockey pigskin, no, the pigskin podcast, <laughs> podcast network, all of them. Romy, thanks again, man. Take care, all right? Cheers, buddy. Thank you. All right. That was Romy from 
the Hockey Podcast Network here. Wrapping things up here on Tuesdays with Tyler at 2 o'clock every single Tuesday for the playoffs here on World Hockey Report. Of course, guys, don't forget, you can find the best player tracking information for the playoffs coming up on Quack Stats. Follow them on social media and then go check out their website and app today for more. So, yeah, we went the full two hours. I was not, I was, I, I told everyone, I'm like, hey, listen, let's have some time here, you know, four to, you know, two to, two to four, four to six for you folks on the Eastern Seaboard. You know, I, I said to myself, all right, we might fill this up here because I, I used to do three hour shows by myself. So I, I find ways to talk myself into a slumber. It's okay. But appreciate you all joining us here today for this edition. We'll be back, of course, next Tuesday. But of course, remember tomorrow, uh, play that, uh, play the, you can't do that clip. Oh, you can't do that clip. Uh, I wish I could play that one there for you. Uh, Unfortunately, I cannot. I do not have the rights for it. But certainly someday I will find a way to get something going like that. But thank you all very much for watching this edition of World Hockey Report. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, noon Mountain Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, for Cody Jansen taking back over. And also noon and Mountain Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Thursdays as well. That's right. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every single week through the playoffs giving you the best information, the best insight, and, of course, the best guests here on World Hockey Report on 12-Ounce Sports and the Hockey Podcast Network. And, of course, guys, remember, if you miss any of the show today or the past interview you want to look up, be sure to go to the World Hockey Report podcast. That's right. It's available daily. Thanks to the team at the Hockey Podcast Network. Just search World Hockey Report. It's 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 right above me, W-R-O-L-D, Hockey Report. I mean, you guys, you guys. You guys can spell. You're a bunch of bright folks here. We all can do it. It's easy enough. Be sure to check us out every single day. Get the great interviews. Like I said, you missed the interview with Bruce Levine later from the Dallas Stars. That's okay. You can obviously watch it on demand on YouTube, on the Hockey Pod Network, and or 12-Ounce Sports. But also you can listen to it as well because, you know what? I Listen, I, I love my wife to death, but it's easy way to say, you know, hey, Tyler, you don't need to see your face every single day. I understand. I don't take anything personally. Check it out on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, Lauren says this channel should live from the Stars Ducks game. I think it should be uh, later on this week. They might. The Hockey Podcast Network might be doing that. Be sure to follow them as well. Romy says thanks for having me on. As always, Romy, come on. You never have to say too much thanks, man. It's always great chatting with Romy. I've had him on a couple times at other shows before. Uh, this channel going to live stream one more Anaheim Ducks game before the regular season ends. Lauren, that is a question for Romy. And I think Romy will definitely answer that one for you as well. Awesome guy. And of course, once again, before I wrap things up here, congratulations to Ryan Getzoff on an amazing career, finishing up his career this past weekend. Didn't want to play any road games, wanted to end his career in Anaheim. A great run for one of the best passers in the National Hockey League's history, as we saw with his last point. Holy cow, behind the back feet. But that is it, folks, for this edition of World Hockey Report. Like we said, be sure to check in tomorrow, and I'll be back next Tuesday. I said Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News, and I got one more guest coming on. We're going to do a little bit of a record with him, but you know what? He's a pretty cool guy covering a pretty cool team. I know you guys would probably love it here on World Hockey Report. Back tomorrow on WHR, guys. Thank you very much. Be sure to follow me at TJKU29 on the Twitter. We will see you all next time here on World Hockey Report. <laughs>